Hello, and welcome to the LYF podcast. This podcast is provided to you by the Love Yourself Foundation, which is an organization here spreading the message of love and more specifically self-love and the powerful ripple effect that has not only in building a better relationship with yourself, but also with your community and with our beautiful planet. We're here to tell you that we're all one. All living beings are connected to each other, to the universe. So we're going to be talking about important topics like mental health, environmental issues, and tying it all back into the self and ways that you can not only empower your relationship with yourself, but also empower your relationship with your community and with our beautiful planet. So if you like what you hear, please hit subscribe. You can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at the LY Foundation. You can also check out our website at the lyfoundation.org. And we have a very special new addition to what we're doing. We now have a membership program called the Lifeline Membership Program, which offers support calls, group support calls, free admission to our events, workshops, specialized merch. So we also have special discounts going for students, teachers, frontline workers. So if you want to hear more about this, please go to our website at the LY Foundation slash membership for more info. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the LYF podcast. Monica here. And today I am joined by uh, Juan Cuevas. He is one of our board members of the Love Yourself Foundation, our creative specialist, our resident artist. Um, And we're going to be diving into this month's theme, which is all about mysticism. So I'm really excited. Um, This is a really fun topic that I am super into. So is Juan, and I'm, yeah, I'm excited to talk to, to him. So hello, Juan. Hello, how you doing? <laughs> happy, always happy to, you know, to uh, hop on the podcast and share some thoughts and ideas, especially uh, on this topic. This topic is uh, a fascinating one. Probably yeah. one of my favorite topics I could talk about all day. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, yeah. No, yeah. I'm, ex- I'm happy to have you on here with me and excited for uh this conversation to to flourish. So uh, one of the starting questions I wanted us to discuss was to to talk about the definition of mysticism and then also uh, see how it applies in our own lives, like our own adoption, and then kind of go from there. So I know, Juan, you, you pulled up the actual definition, right, of mysticism? Yes, I did pull the definition just so we can have a starting point. Mm-hmm. So um, there's two definitions here. So one, uh, the belief that union with or absorption into the deity or the absolute or the spiritual appreciation of knowledge inaccessible to the intellect may be attained through contemplation and self-surrender. Uh, and then the second one is the belief characterized by self-delusion or dreamy confusion of thought especially when based on assumption of occult qualities or mysterious agencies, mm. which it's really funny because those definitions are super Western. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> those are such Western definitions, you know, because uh, when I think of mysticism, you know, I think of, you know, various cultures practicing spiritual practices that may come off as very, you know, mystifying to other, to others, especially here in the West, you know, when, you know, you see people practicing, you know, certain, certain spiritual practices, it can really throw you off maybe, or Mm -hmm. it gives you the, uh, it gives you the idea of like magic or like 
of um, of things that are extraordinary, you know, things that you they can't you can't explain by maybe science or you know, it goes beyond your concept of, you know, what you visualize or mm. what you assume reality is. Yes, no, absolutely. And, and it's interesting, right? Because there's certain things, especially in the Western world where they're, they're like, as an example, electricity, right? Like we can't really mm. see it, but we know it's there and we know that it's helping everything function, right? To this moment, right? With our computers and and the internet. And it's this unseen force that helps things function. But it's interesting that when we start talking about spirituality or um, any type, you know, any form of, of spirituality, that it is difficult sometimes for folks to get on that bandwagon even though, right, like we're so dependent on electricity, this thing that we can't see. <laughs> so it's it's very interesting. Um, I think just like the programming that we undergo in the West. Um, but in reality, like there's just so much unseen working all the time, like in nature is obviously one of the best, if not the best teacher of all this unseen uh, activity that goes on especially under in the soil, right? Where everything that we ever grow or eat from, like literally started from this small little seed that we just don't even, we can't really fathom that process, right? And yet we trust it and we depend on it every day. Definitely. You know, and uh, I feel like living in the Western world, we're so we're so caught up and fixated on the idea of explaining everything. You know, we need yeah. to explain everything. And then the other thing too, is we wanna film everything, right? Like uh, I feel like people have these mystifying experiences and you know, it's their own individual experience and someone, you know, they'll share that experience of like, oh, this is what I experienced. This is what I saw, whether it was paranormal, whether it was, I don't know, something with aliens, whatever it is. You know, and then you have these people who are like, well, did you film it? It didn't happen. <laughs> right, to <laughs> prove it. Like, yeah, prove it, film it. And it's just like, it doesn't always work that way, you know? Yeah. Not everything should be filmed. hundred You know, especially uh, like, uh, you know, in indigenous practices, you know, we don't film, you know, like if you're sitting in a sweat lodge, you don't film your sweat lodge experience. You don't film any of that thing, any of that stuff. It's actually very frowned upon to film things. Mm -hmm. I know that, um, especially with Western cultures, when they first started to uh, explore different indigenous communities, like outside the United States, whether it was Africa or like, and maybe it was in uh, Central America or South America mm -hmm. or, or even here, um, they, they would always try to film ceremonies. And a lot of these indigenous uh, tribes, they would tell them, no, you can't mm -hmm. film. Like mm -hmm. that's, no, because it takes away the mysticism, you know, it takes away from it, you know, and you're not supposed to film everything, right. you know, because there is, there is an aspect to this whole, you know, experiencing these things, you know, without needing to prove it or, mm -hmm. you know, to, you know, recap it because it's literally something you experience in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know what's coming to my mind, especially since you mentioned paranormal activity, 
was um, as like I can speak for myself, you know, I was always a very sensitive person and I, I definitely saw things when I was a kid and these unexplainable things that then I would go to my parents and they didn't believe me. Right. And then so I think with time, what happens to a lot of us is that we just get shut down. Right. As we're growing. But kids, especially children, you're just so much more. Uh, tapped in the younger that you are to be able to experience those those type of things. And then some of us as adults are trying to reclaim that and like get back in touch with that. So did you experience anything when you were a kid or (laughs) or growing up that really, that, that helped you? Cause that's what it, for me, it helped me to, despite those years of maybe I was like, just trying to put down those experiences, like, Oh, maybe it was just, you know, I imagined it or whatever. But still, there was still something in me that was like, no, Monica, like that, that really happened. And I'm so grateful because that's what helped me to to continue to believe in the unseen and to later in life is what would help strengthen my faith in the in, in the universe and in divinity. So what about you, Juan? Like, did you experience similar things? Definitely. <clears throat> Even as an adult, I mean, I've experienced so much in my lifetime that cannot be explained through uh, a normal means. Um, you know, uh, growing up, I was a hardcore atheist. I was um, so against this whole idea of spirituality, of mysticism. I was always really science-based. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I told myself like, oh, this doesn't exist. This doesn't exist. Despite constantly experiencing synchronicities that could not be explained mm-hmm. otherwise then through spirit, you know, I remember, um, yeah, just like thinking of my life experiences and like thinking of like everything that's led me to this point, you know, um, I remember I would meet people and, um, and they would always like random people, like people who were like, whether they were Buddhist, whether they were, you know, Christians, Catholics, or they were, uh, I don't know, like just people from various cultures, you know, that were very deep into their own spiritual practices. They would like just be so, uh, so, you know, just prone to want to connect with me. And they'd be like, oh, you know, there's something, there's something about you that's just very, you know, spiritual. And I'm just like, no, I'm an atheist. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, <laughs> and they're like, what? And I, I remember this one time I was working at this Buddhist restaurant in a, in a, you know, we're, I was a hardcore vegan at this point in my life and mm-hmm. uh, they were just so amazed. They're like, wait, so you're a vegan, you know, and you don't, you know, you respect life, but you don't believe there's any kind of God. And I'm just like, nope. And uh, it was just really funny because around like my early twenties, I got opened up to the idea that, you know, there was this thing known as spirituality, spirit, you know, whatever you want to define it as. And uh, I started having these very, um, these really, 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 really interesting experiences in the sense of like uh, more than just synchronicities, you know? And um, even with like paranormal things, you know, like seeing very, very interesting things that, you know, you can't really explain to people like, yeah seeing orbs like seeing these glowing orbs appear you know and just trying to explain to people like yeah I was just standing there this orb just appeared in front of me and I didn't know what it was and then it just kind of disappeared 
you know, and, uh, but also to experiencing them with other people, you know, and like, I've had experiences with my wife, I've had experiences with other people, like when um, I remember back in uh, June of 2019, we were at this, um, I was at a, this festival called Disclosure Fest Festival, or Disclosure Fest, and uh, Disclosure Fest, they, they put on a lot of really interesting content, like a lot of different events and they're they're really big into this whole idea of disclosing all of this knowledge and information and so um there's this whole group of people they uh they're really into this these things called summonings right and uh and it's not it's not like necessarily like occult things like it's people literally meditating and having these like big glowing orbs appear in the sky and so I had already prior to this experience this because I watched this documentary one day and I was just like, you know what? That's super interesting. I'm going to go outside and meditate and see if I can see. So I go outside, I meditate. My wife is next to me. You know, she, you know, she's just hanging out, like not really doing much, you know, as far as she wasn't on this, you know, meditating with me trying to do this because she was just out in her backyard enjoying herself. And, um, so I'm meditating and I look in the sky and I just see the star and I'm just like, oh, that's not a star. Like, what is that? And so I keep focusing on it. And then all of a sudden the star starts to move and starts making this figure eight. So it's going in this figure eight and I look at her and I was like, Damn. have you seen this? And she's like, I am. And it kind of, you know, it kind of freaked her out. And she's like, I'm going inside. And I was like, okay. So I just <laughs> stood out there. <laughs> I stood out there all night, basically watching this thing. And, uh, you know, and that was like more like, first experiences with that phenomenon and um i have looked up because i'm like you know i'm i'm really big into researching so then i started researching and i found that this happens this is a very common thing that happens in vegas people see these things all the time in vegas and so um you know i found videos of people that actually had recorded it and uh there was a, a sighting like a month before my experience and uh it was exactly like the video was exactly what i had seen it's what i saw it was what i was experiencing and I was like, wow, this is mind blowing. And I got more involved with people out here in the community and then, you know, talking to them and them having very similar experiences to my own, you know, and then uh, we were at this place, it's called Disclosure Fest. And uh, I was uh, I was just standing there and uh, Ian was there, uh, Ian, Third Eye Warrior. <laughs> and we were, I was giving him some water. So I gave him some water and like he's drinking in the water and he was like, whoa. And he looked up and there was just one right above in the sky. And um, and that's when I had found out that that day there was people summoning them. They were meditating oh. and they were doing that. And there was a ton of them. So like they kept popping up throughout the day, you mm-hmm. know, above the festival. And um, I remember when I was researching, cause uh, there was Stephen Greer, Dr. Stephen Greer. He's the, he's really into this phenomenon. And he's the one who kind of like started groups where they would meditate and do this stuff. And um, there was this uh, this group meditation they did in, I think, 2014 in L.A. And they had, I think it was like uh, 40 of them show up at one point, just boom, in the sky. There's all these like glowing white orbs in the sky, you know, and they look like, did look literally, literally just look like these white orbs. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it was just, it's super interesting. But uh, I remember this one other time I was meditating and we were uh, in the middle of the desert. It was just, it was, it was me, it was my wife. And then there was another couple mm-hmm. and we were out there for a meteor shower. And so, you know, we're 
enjoying the meteor shower. It's a beautiful night. We're literally like middle of the desert. There's no real cities next to us. We're like out in the Mojave desert. And, um, you know, and I'm just like, give me a sign if you're there. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, this uh, one star that was fixated in the center, it literally lit the whole desert up. Like the, the desert lit up as if it was daytime yeah. for like a split second. And it just like flashed. And so it flashed and it like literally like, lights up the I, I kid you not like I mean the desert was lit as if it was daytime or like a split moment yeah. and uh my friend because my friend he wasn't into any of this stuff so he was just like the first thing that came out of his mouth was that wasn't a star you know <laughs> and uh yeah he's like that wasn't a shooting star like what was that and you know I didn't want to freak anyone out so I didn't say anything and then like you know and then uh to you know um I'm sitting there and I see this uh, light in the distance and it's on the floor, right? And it's probably like a mile or two away from us. So while looking at it, we're seeing this light. It's literally on the on the ground and it's doing, a, again, it's doing a figure eight. And so I'm watching this light on the ground do a figure eight. And then we're all rationalizing it. So like we're all sitting there and we're like, yeah, 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 that's a... Uh, that's this, that's that, you know, it, it's, it's the reflection of the light from the freeway, this and that. And it was just funny because, you know, we're, again, we're rationalizing it, rationalizing it. And, um, and so then we're up all night watching, you know, watching the meteor shower. And so then the sun starts to rise and uh, I'm looking, you know, because at this point I kind of already told them about, like, you know, I was like, hey, you know, I was meditating and, you know, I was trying to see if anything crazy would happen. And uh, you're like, oh, yeah, that was really interesting. You're like, that was definitely not a star. And I was like, I know. And so then uh, we're looking toward, I was looking where that light was coming from. And, uh, and I was like, there's no road over there. I was like, where's the road? And the road was behind us, literally 20 miles behind us. And because uh, it was all dirt roads. So like the road leading to the property was a dirt road and it was behind us and it was 20 miles that way. And then... Uh, in front of us, there was nothing. The nearest neighbor was about two miles away and it was a different direction. And so uh, I was just like, hey, let's go, let's go hike there. Like, you know, let's just go, let's see what we can find. And so then we go. And so we're hiking in the middle of the desert. And uh, when I say that this was the desert, it was the desert. Like there was, you know, like, I think an off-roading vehicle would have a hard time going through that desert, you know? And for a uh, light to be moving as fast as it was moving on the ground, there was no way it was a vehicle. It could not have been a car. It could not have been a truck. You know, it was, it was like, like literally in like hindsight, looking, thinking about it and looking back at it, it was like hovering like above the ground and it was moving pretty quick in a figure eight. And, uh, you know, and so we get to the point of where we thought, thought it was at. And right when we get there, a helicopter flies over us <laughs> and uh yeah this helicopter flies over us and then uh and then it just like hovers above us and then it leaves and then a second helicopter comes and then it hovers above us and then it leaves oh wow and so yeah it was super weird and then we're, we we're all just kind of like mystified right so we we're just like well this really just happened tonight like did we just see something that was like you know some kind of crazy phenomenon and, uh, you know, and like, it's just, what's been really interesting is that like, I feel, feel like the further I've gone down this rabbit hole, the more I've learned that people have these experiences, 
but we're not so open to share them because we're so afraid of what people are going to think of us. Because again, how do you explain that? You can't explain that, you know, like, and then the more you try to rationalize it, the more you sound crazy, you know, because you can't rationalize the uh, irrational. Like how do you rationalize a ball of light hovering uh, above the ground and traveling in the middle of the desert, you know, or lighting up a whole debt, the whole desert in a split second. You know, or like you go to this festival and you see these glowing orbs in the sky with, yeah. you know, thousands of people there. And that was the crazy thing about the festival was that there is thousands of people there and we were all seeing the same things. Wow. So it's like, yeah, you know, it wasn't it wasn't like it was a like an individual experience. It was, you know, mm-hmm. it was a whole community, whole community of people experiencing these things. Yeah. And then like, you know, the further you go down this rabbit hole, the more you learn that, you know, there's more than just one person seeing these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that's validating. Right. And I think the more that mm-hmm. that we speak out about situations like that, it gets easier because you start to see like, OK, other people are seeing it. Uh, it's not just me. So that's super awesome. And I, I have a I have a star story myself where I this was like back in this was back in 2017 when I was going through my spiritual awakening. Um and I was at the time at the peak of like my panic attacks. Um, but, you know, life was opening. Like I look back at that time in my life and I'm like, you know, life was literally opening me up to be able to receive these insights and acknowledge that, you know, life is more than what we can see with our eyes. And I remember this day and it was just my grandmother's uh, birthday uh, on May 2nd. Um, she passed away, uh, back in 2011. Um, so my grandmother, uh, for whatever reason, you know, like she was coming, I just felt like I just thought about her a lot. This one particular night, um, back in 2017. And it was when I was going through, uh, like I said, the peak of my panic attacks. And for whatever reason, I remember I just wanted to, grab my grandmother's rosary that I had given her. Um, and then that rosary mm. came, it came back to me when she passed away. And, and I, th- you know, I'm not a practicing Catholic, but I grew up Catholic. So I still have, you know, an affinity, I think, to certain Catholic traditions, especially since my grandmother was Catholic. And um, so anyway, this night I'm like freaking out, panic attack. And I, I, I'm just like, I need to grab my grandmother's rosary. And I started praying the rosary and I hadn't done that in like years because I just felt, you know, I was just freaking out with the panic attack. I was kind of like, I didn't know what else to do, you know. And midway through praying the rosary, I just had like this uh, epiphany. I was like, you know what? And this is before I moved to Spain to live there. And I had this epiphany and it, and it, and it was like, you know what? Maybe I don't need to wait. Maybe I can just move there this year and just do it already. Um so then like I hop on a phone call with my with my uh, with one of my good friends and I tell her I'm like oh my gosh I was like I think my grandmother's helping me from the other side I can't you know I was like I can't make sense of this and I'm in my I'm in the backyard when I'm having this phone call and I kid you not when I said this to her I saw a shooting star and like I'm in the city right you don't really see shooting stars in the city so I'm like, oh my God, I just saw a shooting star. And I'm like freaking out. 
And I'm like, I really think my grandmother's helping me. And when I said that again, just like what you, like I saw like this, um, just the, the star, like, and it, same thing, it illuminated the whole sky. And I was like, at that point, I'm like, what the heck, you know, I'm like, what is going on? And, you know, mind you, I was completely like, you know, I, I, I wasn't even drinking coffee at the time, I remember. So I was like completely sober, awake, you know, and I was like, and it's a miracle. I see that as like a little miracle, you know, and that that reminds me we're totally not alone. Like whatever your belief systems are is, you know, whether you believe that you have guides on the other side taking care of you, ancestors, like whatever it is, like I my life has shown me that we are so not alone. You know, we, we don't oh, yeah. we totally have that support. Um, it's just trippy, but it's great to get, yeah. to get to talk about it, you know, and and realize like we're, we're just not alone in these experiences. No, yeah, we definitely have, you know, energies that are, you know, constantly mm-hmm. guided, guiding us, watching us. You know, um, some people like to refer to them as the watchers, you know, and um, it's funny how you said that you saw the shooting star because, um, uh, and uh, I, I was also in a, so, like, I can't stress enough, I was in a sober mind state when I mm. experienced these things. And uh, it was the third time I had experienced it. I was uh, in my backyard and, you know, I was just, again, meditating. And I'd seen seen this this light again. And I'm looking at it. And this time I saw multiple lights. So it wasn't just one light, it was multiple lights. And uh, I saw one of the lights and it literally zoomed. So it was like a this little purple light. And then it just like, like a shooting star and it was gone. <clears throat> and all there was, like, it literally left like a tail. Like, you know, when you see a shooting star, it has, it has that tail. And uh, it, ha- it was literally like that, like a tail. Wow. But it didn't go down, it went up. Like it went, but uh, that's why I thought it was really interesting when you said you saw a shooting star mm-hmm. and I was like, oh yeah, that's, you know, that's funny because I've, I've seen them do that where they look like they're, uh, they're shooting stars and they go. Right. There's this really, interesting documentary it's called capturing the light and it's about this woman she was this uh this asian woman i think she was from japan um her husband was military she was a like a a christian woman and she had literally been seeing these orbs in the sky for decades and she like had started to film them and um and uh no one in her family believed her no one believed her so like she started telling people like, hey, I'm experiencing these things. And, you know, and it, it's like, it's just crazy. Like, I don't know. I don't know what, you know, I don't know what to do. I don't know who to, who to tell. No one wanted to listen to her. Right. And so uh, what ended up happening was uh, this, you know, documentary crew, they, I guess, somehow got in contact with her and she, and they looked at all her footage and she had like years and years and years of footage. Right. And then they started to actually see them with her. Right. And then her family started to experience these things, too. And it was uh, what was really interesting was that they found that the actual recordings themselves had something mystical about them. And they were saying how like the uh, recordings, like they were um, they were kind of magical in a sense, like everyone would have their own experiencing uh, their own experiences with the recordings. And so like, even as we're, as you watch the documentary, you have your own kind of experience with it. 
and they were saying how like it was weird with the with the footage because it gave off a certain energy with any whether it was a photograph whether it was an actual video you know it there was something mystifying about the about the footage um and um and yeah so like what was crazy about this whole story was uh they were filming her family right and uh and one of the daughters i think it was the daughter or was the son they were speaking to you know speaking to them and there's you can literally see in the background there's this orb that just like glows and it's moving behind them and <laughs> and uh yeah and it's just funny because it's like they're like yeah you know i, I forgot what they're saying they're i think they're basically saying like we, yeah we don't know if she's like really serious like you know we don't know if this stuff's real and then there's like literally catch it, capturing it on camera as as you know they're just just speaking with the family and you know and yeah but capturing the light that was a really good documentary that I found when I was doing all this research Mm -hmm. but again you know this whole concept of mysticism you know the unexplainable like there's this whole aspect of spirituality that you know we don't always talk about you know because also too not everyone's experiencing it so it's really hard for a lot of people to uh accept it because they also come from a western perspective of seeing is believing right right, right. <clears throat> yeah because that's how i was honestly mm-hmm. like hence the reason why i was a hardcore atheist i always like believed in like aliens as a kid you know but i was always like oh i hope i see something crazy one day yeah. and uh you know and it was really funny because i feel like i didn't really start to experience these things until i started accepting ex- uh, accepting spirit into my life yes. and it was like, as soon as I accepted that I'm a spiritual being having this human experience then all of a sudden it just opened me up for all these different experiences and, 100% uh, it's, yeah, like, it's been quite like, the ride <laughs> yeah and it really you know there's this podcast that I love it's called uh, Positive Head and I really love <laughs> what uh, Brandon always talks about there he's the host he's like it really is up to you like if you want to say that it doesn't exist it doesn't exist yep or if you are open to it then it will it's like it's really up to you um and sometimes you know life is just trying to like it happened to you right Juan or like you had all these examples coming in and it was like life trying to show you like hey like there's actually all this other stuff that's going on um that that makes you understand that it's actually like believing is seeing um and and that's and I think about Peter Pan all the time because I'm like, that's from Peter Pan. Believing is seeing. <laughs> so true. <laughs> and all these stories, so like when we're kids, is like the, when we're children, we're being taught to believe in the unseen. But then I don't know what happens. Like we reach a certain age where they tell you, okay, none of that's real. But then at least I've seen it and you have too, right? Where it's actually, it is, right? All this other unseen stuff, it actually is, it is happening. Um, mm-hmm. And it does exist. So, um, does. so Juan, I wanted you to, if you could talk a little bit about those eight principles that, that you were telling me earlier. Um, oh, I, think, okay. I, yes. I, I think it'd be really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, one, let me say one last thing before I move on. Yeah, Because, yeah. uh, <clears throat> uh, you know, so for one, I don't usually share this stuff. So to actually have it on this podcast is actually very interesting because I think this is the first time I've actually openly talked about this where it's being filmed. So Spirit, please just, you know, understand. I'm just trying to share. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, because, you know, 
you know, it's not everything's meant to be filmed, not everything's mm-hmm. meant to be shared, but I think this is, you know, this is something that people need to talk about. And mm-hmm. I think sharing these experiences and being more open about them, it allows people to see that they too can have these experiences if they choose to connect with spirit and they mm-hmm. can, they choose to kind of dive down that rabbit hole of spirituality. Um, Cause honestly, I've met a lot of people and, you know, I've, I've shared this with some people you know, my experiences. And I always tell them like, you know, to be real, like if you are going to be there doubting everything and you're going to have this negative like voice in your heads saying, oh, this is fake or this is that, or this, is, you know, this is this, like, of course, you're not going to have a good experience or of course you're not going to experience these things because your energy is being amplified, you know, w- by your thoughts, by your actions mm-hmm. and you're closing yourself off. And I feel like that's why I wasn't necessarily having the most, uh, like my experiences now have been a lot different than my experiences from when I was growing up. Same. And I think that's because mm-hmm. I was rejecting everything that was going on. Mm-hmm. But, then, sure, but um, I don't know about you too. My experiences growing up were a little bit scary, <laughs> like, with, <laughs> like with ghosts and stuff. And it's changed yeah. so much since then. Mm-hmm. Same, you know, I was, a. Uh, I was always very spooked out by paranormal things, to be honest, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because uh, my family, they've experienced their own fair share of paranormal, paranormal activities. And, uh, and so, you know, I was always thrown off by that stuff because I was like, I don't know if I want to experience it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't want to see ghosts because uh, it sounds a little scary. But, you know, now it's, it's a whole different, you know, understanding of things, you know, mm-hmm. now I'm more open to these things. But also, too, I you know, I feel like we need to be uh very cognitive of what energies we're calling in yes you know are you calling in are you calling on like energies that are rooted in love and understanding and they're there to teach you things or are you calling in energies that are meant to you know cause you some sort of pain or discomfort Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know and I think these are things we need to be cognitive of because Mm -hmm. um like just in that documentary I mentioned capturing light she had mentioned this that at some point people made her think that what she was seeing was like the devil Mm. and she said that when she got that idea in her head that all of all of a sudden all that stuff that she had been experiencing turned very uh very negative Mm. and it was like kind of really weird because it literally she said that it started becoming very dark yeah and uh but then when she came to the understanding of no it's not dark it's because now that someone put the idea into my head that this was dark i'm having these dark experiences once she integrated the aspects of, oh, no, it's, it's all me. Like, it's all my understanding of what this is. And this isn't evil. This is, this is something that I'm experiencing for a reason. And they're trying to communicate with me for a reason. Mm-hmm. And when she, when she went, when she shifted her, her train of thought back into that perspective, then she started to have positive experiences again. And it was just like it was before, mm-hmm. but switching gears here, but yeah. yes. So, you know, I was telling Monica earlier about the eight hermetic principles and, um, you know, these are just like principles to, you know, this, this human experience. Right. And, um, these principles were created, uh, like, well, I can't see these principles were created. They, they're just this, these are the rules of existence in a sense, right. Or eight basic rules. Right. And, um, they were written in a book. It's actually called, um, the the Kabbalion. Uh, you can you can read it online. You can listen to it as an audiobook on YouTube. 
um, I mean, you could, if you're lucky, you could find like an original pressing of the book, but this book was written probably like a hundred years ago or more. And even then, these are principles that have been passed down by esoteric uh, orders throughout time. And, uh, you know, and it just, it's just very basic rules, you know, that govern existence and like the first one being all is all. So, you know, the easiest way I can explain it to people is like um, this idea of the creator, you know, not necessarily being a man, woman, just the creator, right? It's just this, we're living in the mind of the creator and all is all, meaning that we are all a part of the creator. We are all a part of creation. We are all one, right? In a sense. And, you know, one important thing, you know, with this whole teaching is the idea that uh, we are no, we are not bigger than the creator, right? Because I know in, uh, with, with this whole new age spirituality, sometimes we get caught up in the idea that we are God, which, you know, yes, in a sense, we are God. We are all God. Not knocking that. We are all God. But sometimes we get this God complex where we think we are the one God. And really what all is all, that simply means that we all combined are God. And individually, we have an aspect of God. And so all is all. And, you know, maybe someone might, you know, mm-hmm. some people might disagree, but that's, that's fine. Like, it, it's all just, it's all study, right? We're studying these spiritual practices. Different people might say different things. And at least this is my understanding as of these things right now and uh, uh these principles are actually things that we see in science right and um these are things you we've like honestly like especially with like the whole new age movement like you've definitely heard of a lot of these things like the one that you commonly hear is as above so below right so it's the whole concept of um what do they call it they call it the the principle of uh, correspondence and so as above so below and uh and, you know, that's just, that's just saying like, okay, like this thing of the skies, right? It's on a simple, simple level, like the sky mirrors the oceans, right? So just very sim- simple explanation, think of it like that, you know, as above, so below. And then you have things like, um, the third one would be the, the principle of vibration. This one always gets me. The idea that everything is vibrating, right? And Again, these are esoteric teachings that have been taught for, you know, thousands of years. And uh, science now, right, our Western concept of science mm-hmm. talks about how we're literally just vibrating. We're vibrating particles. We're atoms literally moving so fast that it's making this physical reality, mm-hmm. right? So it's really funny how science agrees with all of this. And what's really funny is that, you know, the book was written so long ago and they even say that one day science is going to learn to, you know, agree with these things. And so it's just really funny to read it now. And I'm just, I laughed when I was reading it. So I was just like, so true. Like yeah, literally there is saying, oh, we're just vibrating. We're vibrating. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. And then uh, the fourth principle is the principle of polarity. And so that's just think of things as like a kind of dualistic you know, like masculine, feminine, up, down, left, right, 
Um, and that's not to say like in the sense of man and woman, like, yes, in a sense, like that, that's kind of an aspect of it, but not necessarily because the whole concept of polarity deals with energies, right? So you have a masculine energy or a feminine energy. Uh, it could be a, like, think of like magnetism, like you have plus and minus. It's not necessarily meaning anything's good or bad. It's just, you have these two energies, right? On the same spectrum. So there's like spectrum and then there's these two energies, you know, all it is is saying that there's two sides to that spectrum. And then um, you have the principle of rhythm, you know, um, everything flows out and in, everything has its tides, all things rise and fall, the pendulum swings manifest and everything, the measure of the swing to the right is the measure of the swing to the left, to the left, rhythm compensates. So, you know, that's just saying that there's a rhythm to everything. Um, the sixth principle is the principle of cause and, eff and effect. And it's really funny because this is, that's very science-based as well. Every cause has an effect, right? And so, again, these are things that science are, they're also working with some of these concepts because everything does have a cause and an effect. And then there is also the principle of gender, and this kind of ties in with the whole concept of polarity as far as being masculine and feminine. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, <clears throat> and this is, uh, again, you know, it's not necessarily meaning, just mean biological stance, right? And so, because we have to kind of not, again, look at things from a Western perspective, yes. of thinking of everything as gender. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, that's an aspect of it, of it, but it's not the whole entire thing, right? Because mm -hmm. it's very easy, especially in today's current world to get so caught up in the idea of, oh, this is based on gender. It's not necessarily on gender. That's just an aspect of it. Um, and, you know, and that's basically the seven principles. Sorry. So yeah, it was seven principles. Okay. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, but yeah. And so you can, again, you can research this stuff online. You can read the book, you can listen to the book. There's actually a ton of esoteric books nowadays that you can read, that you can listen to on like an audio book form uh, for free, you know? And uh, it's just really interesting to see how all of this mysticism is uh, being shared freely. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, there's, there's definitely stuff that you can find that's not as easily accessible, like things you actually have to buy, like the old books, like mm. books that are like hundreds of years old. Um, but, but yeah, you know, this is just kind of to get people's feet wet. If you want to learn more about mysticism, <laughs> exactly. the, good starting, the good starting point is looking at the hermetic principles, um, because those are just, uh, those are just like kind of the starting points to understanding the rules to reality. Yeah. Right. And that's something I want to, before we finish today, I really want to touch upon, um, how important it is that, you know, even though we're having a spiritual experience in this human form, um, we're here in this physical reality. And that's something that's one of my big peeves a lot of times in the spiritual community is that um, sometimes it's too much concentrated on the uh, the woo woo aspect, 
which I totally am. I love talking about that stuff, but remembering that we're here as humans and we're here to bring it down on earth to create positive change for our communities. Um, Mm -hmm. There's there's so much bypassing that goes on and escapism. Um, So I really want to touch upon that. And then also cultural appropriation. So Mm. yeah. What do you want to talk about first one? Uh, I guess we can talk, like we can start talking about the escapism Mm -hmm. because that's like a, that really links into the whole cultural appropriation aspects too. But, um, and like, I'm trying not to like, yes, cultural appropriation is uh, definitely a good phrase to use, but I like, I want to start teaching more people about how to appreciate cultures, but we'll, we'll, we'll get further into yeah. that in a little bit, but, um, but yeah, like, you know, I feel like the deeper I've gotten into these communities, the more I've learned that uh, I, I see what you mean as far as you say, like the escapism or like the, um, the, like, getting so lost in the spiritual aspect that you forget you're living a human experience Mm -hmm. and um I remember I uh I knew this person and this person was uh was you know he was very intrigued by like mysticism and by um you know spirituality and you know he was a he was so caught up in the idea of he's like i know all this is a simulation i know this is Mm -hmm. all fake i know Mm -hmm. this is all just nothing's real and you know and i was like you know i get that like i understand where you're coming from because i i see it like i see that we're in this void and like in a sense nothing is real you know that this is just an avatar in a sense that we're you know experiencing life but you know i what i explained to him was there's a reason why we're here and it's to have a human experience. It's to experience these things because, you know, while we're here, we're human, you know, and yes, we can get lost in the idea that we are these spiritual beings, you know, living this human experience. And um, I was telling him, I was like, cause you know, this person was, you know, undergoing like suicidal thoughts. Mm. And so he was, uh, he was, saying how he wanted to leave them he's like I want I just want to leave the matrix that's what he had told me he's like I want to leave the matrix uh you know I know this is all fake you know there's no point to all of it like what's the point of sticking around and then I told him I was like you know man I was like I get it like you want to end your life because you want to see the other side and you want to experience it but you, what you're doing is you're doing a disservice to yourself because you came here understanding that stuff already. And so I was like, and what, what are you going to do? You're going to end your life, go back. And they're going to be like, well, yeah, you knew all that already. <laughs> right. you, you, really knew, you knew all of this was a human experience, but you put yourself through this for that purpose of experiencing mm-hmm. and, you know, and going through it and learning as much as you can. And, you know, and, uh, we, you know, we talked about it and, um, it was really interesting because you know I could see the wheels turning in his in his head and he was like um he was like you know what I never thought of it that way you know mm-hmm. and you know he's like I think you just made me you know rationalize why I need to keep living right. and I was like yeah man I was like we need you here so you yes. can keep living living this experience and so you can you know share with others what you're learning mm-hmm. and I was like because you know we're a collective and we're experiencing this exp- you know we're experiencing this human life together mm-hmm. and 
it's so important to not get so caught up in the idea that nothing is real, Mm -hmm. that everything is a simulation. Like, yeah, it's true. Like in a sense, everything is, you know, vibration, right? Like we're just (laughs) learning about the principles, like everything's vibration. And like, it's so easy to get caught up in those, in that mindset that you you deprive yourself from having the experience and learning the lessons. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, and I was just trying to explain to him, like, you know, you're here for a reason and you have lessons and, you know, you have programming that you need to overcome, you know, and there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, Mm -hmm. like there's a, there's a purpose to pain and suffering and it teaches us, you know, the most about ourselves when we go through that, you know, and, yeah, you know, luckily, you know, he didn't end his life. He didn't, you know, do anything irrational. Like, it was funny because we talked after that and, you know, he had uh, changed his whole perspective on things. And, yeah. you know, and it was really nice because, you know, I really want more people to understand that, you know, mm-hmm. yes, I understand that sometimes life is rough and we get so caught up in the idea that it's, uh, that we're just going through all this pain and suffering for no reason but there's a reason and, you know, we overcome it and we learn, we integrate and we help others. Right. Yeah. Just like with your experience, you know, like I I love your story. Like, you know, your story is something that, you know, speaks volumes about your life purpose and the reason why you're doing everything you're doing, you know, Mm -hmm. like there's a reason you went through all that. If you didn't go through all that, you wouldn't be the Monica we have today. I wouldn't. And I'm so grateful I held on, right? Because I had, you know, since I was during that time, I was learning all these things, right? And I did go through like a, I could, and we've talked about it before, like a two month period of suicidal thoughts. And, and it was t- those type of thoughts that were in there, like, oh, like, what's the point? Like, blah, blah, blah. But in real realizing, no, there is a huge point. Like the fact that you're alive is the miracle. Like the gift that you possess in your heart is the one that we all need to share. And that's something that we all need to experience by you sharing. Right. And the medicine mm-hmm. that that brings to every human heart. And that's why, like, you know, that's why I'm so passionate about helping people understand their gift because I've been there, you know, I've totally been there and I'm so grateful I didn't give up. And it led me to meet you, Juan, and all of our incredible community. So just, you know, I'm just, and that's, that's why, like, when I hear that language in, like, the spiritual community, I'm like, guys, dude, like, that's totally defeating the purpose, you know, and that's so problematic um, because it can really, it can harm lives and it can perpetuate very harmful behavior. Um, So either, even. Yeah. And this is sure this is a temporary experience, but we're here right now and we're alive and that's the beauty of it. It's so true, Mm -hmm. you know, and, uh, and, uh, and, you know, the thing is too, people are all at different points. You Mm -hmm. know, we, we all have sometimes a lack of awareness, Mm -hmm. you know, and, um, and that's something that I've, you know, grown to really appreciate and you know grown to understand a lot better because especially okay so like we'll we'll kind of dive into the whole idea of you know this whole cultural Mm -hmm. appropriation because uh okay like with native american practices right so like currently in these spiritual communities we see people like you know burning 
bundles of sage, you know, like at like these gatherings. And I, I, I've been all over, like, you know, whether it was in California, whether it was in Oregon, whether it was here, um, you know, I've seen people just like burn these, like, you know, these plants and like, uh, and they lack the awareness of understanding that these plants are, you know, they understand that they're sacred, but they don't, they're not understanding or they're sorry, they don't have the awareness of how sacred these plants are, right? Because right? currently, you know, it's really hip to burn sage, right? White sage in particular, it's really hip because there's hundreds of different variations of sage, but the white sage is the one that's been burnt by, you know, by most of these new age communities. And, um, and again, it's just a lack of awareness. Like people don't know how long it takes to grow these things. You know, it takes two to three years for a fully developed uh, sage plant to grow. Right. And then even when it's grown, you know, most of the time there's a lot of people going out and poaching these plants and they're not they're not doing it in the ceremonial ways that the natives were doing previously. And um, what we've seen in a lot of uh, indigenous communities is actually um, they're no longer able to harvest the sage plants that they have been harvesting for, you know, thousands of years. Um, I, I think of one of my friends, her relatives were these two, there was a, this, uh, her aunt and uncle, they're these indigenous people in California who you know their family had been harvesting white sage for their whole lifetimes generations been going to the same place to harvest sage right <clears throat> and so over the last like seven seven to ten years it's been getting harder and harder to find sage in that area because what happens is that people due to having a lack of awareness they go there and they're like literally like de-rooting a whole plant they're like literally like taking the whole plant, you know, and it's all for um, like monetary reasons, right? They're commodifying spirituality and um, they're, they're taking these resources from indigenous communities and they're, you know, in a sense, like they're causing harm to indigenous communities unintentionally, right? Because I get it, like we're here in the Western world, you know, we're very into capitalism and we're trying to make profit off of everything. And right now it's very easy to make profit off spirituality. And especially since white sage is in, you know, people buy it, you know, I, you know, I don't know how many times I've gone somewhere and people are, are selling it. And, um, I know something me and my wife have been trying to do more is we're trying to, you know, talk and educate people that like, we get it. Like these, these medicines, they catch your attention and you see them as being something that you need to incorporate into your spiritual practice, but you can go about it a whole different way. And this is why I was saying appreciation, right? Mm -hmm. Because there's a difference between appreciating and appropriating. And so when we appreciate things, we're learning to honor things. We're learning to learn to integrate them into our practices without harming the environment, without harming indigenous communities you know, and really, I really think that like spirituality, it works with, it works with the planet, right? Because we are all children of the earth when we're here, 
We're literally children of the earth and we need to protect her. And that's why these indigenous peoples were always the original land protectors, right? They were here to protect the land. And that's the reason why they harvested the plants the way they did. It was a ceremony every time. You didn't cut the whole plant. You know, you, you trimmed a little, you trimmed what you needed. You know, you left blessings. You, you know, it was literally a ceremony. And um, something that we've been trying to educate people on is like, you know, like, ask where you're getting your sage from like is are these people poaching it are they going out in the middle of the night and stealing it are they doing it in an unethical way that is now you know no longer making it medicine because something we have to especially when we talk about this idea of mysticism right if you're burning sage for the whole idea of uh you know of cleansing you know, your space, cleansing the energies around you, whatever, whatever it is that you're practicing, you know, how, how medicinal is that plant going to be if it was rooted in the idea of greed, right? Of stealing something in the middle of the night, you know, like that's not medicine at that point, because, you know, these plants are sentient beings, right? These plants feel these plants have relationships with people and so when you bypass that and you just go straight to stealing the plant that's not creating a healthy relationship that's creating you know this um this this really negative energy and so now you're taking that plant you're burning it you know and you're burning it in like in a very you know my you know this is my personal opinion like I don't like when I see people burning giant bundles of sage. It drives me crazy because I'm just like, you don't know how long it takes for that plant to grow. You don't know how much goes into, you know, creating that sacred medicine. Like you don't need to burn a whole bundle. You need to burn a leaf. You need to use it, use it sparingly. And, um, and really like, you need to see that this is medicine, right? And just like how like, cannabis for example like you you can you know you can use cannabis medicinally and it could be very beneficial for you or you can just abuse it and then it just makes you numb and you're no longer having a good experience right same with the sage you can burn it all for the idea that you're cleansing you know but what are you cl really cleansing or you can you know see that it's strong powerful medicine and you don't need a lot you just need a little bit to, you know, to, you know, to help cleanse your space or to, you know, carry your prayers to your ancestors, however you're using it. But, um, but yeah, you know, we, me and my wife have been talking more and we've been trying to, you know, find more healthy ways to go about having this conversation. And we, we, uh, we have a pretty good system, I think now. First time we had a talk in my life, it was a little rough because, you know, it was more just us telling people like you're appropriating. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, now, now we're just, you know, we're like, no, we need to have, we need to sit down and have a conversation. Mm -hmm. We need to come together as a community, talk about it and, yeah. you know, bring awareness because like yeah. I was saying, this is all about awareness. At the end yes. of the day, we just want people to be aware of their practices and how they're impacting indigenous communities and how, you know, you can do something with good intentions, but it's still being harmful. Mm -hmm. And we just need to be aware. You know, and we're trying to educate people that, you know, you don't need to burn sage. Like, honestly, sage is one plant. There's literally so many other plants that grow so abundantly that you could use, like pine, for example, right? 
pine is everywhere. It's on every continent, basically. I don't know about Antarctica, but you know, it's basically <laughs> on every every continent. You can find pine trees everywhere, and you can burn pine. Pine has resins. Pine has the needles. It has the you know the bark. It has so much to it that you can literally you know collect what you need and you can burn that and it's mm-hmm. just as effective you know you can burn rosemary you can burn chamomile right you can grow chamomile and you can burn it and you know uh something that's very sacred that people don't ever really even think about is tobacco mm-hmm. tobacco is one of the most sacred plants you can use mm-hmm. yeah and that is something that you know that's also very abundant you know, and you can use that also as, you know, a way to, as a, as a plant offering or whatever it is. But, you know, we really just want, we really want to get people to understand that sage is endangered (laughs) and it's because of the spiritual community and it's because it's become commodified and, you know, you can go and, you know, and I don't know if Oprah talked about this, but you can go and watch Oprah and I'm sure at some point, (laughs) like, yeah, buy, buy my sage, you know, here, you know, here we're selling sage at H and M because that happened. You know, they were selling sage at H and H and M. Oh my god! You know, know this. yeah, and it's becoming very corporate. And these are things again we don't talk about, you know, in the spiritual communities because we get so caught up in the idea that we have good intentions and good vibes only. Right. And uh, you know, yeah, and you know, and you know, we just really want to bring awareness to this this idea and this concept because again you know, it's rooted in the idea of protecting mother earth. Mm -hmm. You know, we want to make sure people like, if you're going to have a spiritual practice, make sure it's sustainable, right? Make sure you're not doing something that's going to harm the environment, Mm -hmm. burning bundles and bundles of sage or selling bundles and bundles of sage. Isn't honestly, I'm I'm real. I don't think it's beneficial for the environment at all. I think it's something that's very harmful, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think that a good way to educate yourself is to learn how to grow it, Mm -hmm. grow a sage plant. And I'm telling you, it will, it will teach you to appreciate that plant so much more because I've grown sage and it takes so long. I have a little sage plant at home and that thing is over a year old and that thing is tiny, Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, you know, and it's just like, these are things we really need to think about, you know, Absolutely. Like, yeah, we need to create real connections with these plants mm-hmm. and we need to create real connections and have a lot more awareness into what we're calling in that we're using for spiritual practice, mm-hmm. especially because honestly, like indigenous practices are so hip right now, right? Like we, we really do take a lot from indigenous communities and we don't give anything back. Yeah. And I really want people to understand that you need to educate yourselves on where you're taking these practices from and how you can support these communities because, you know, I'm native, you know, like I'm a part of this native community here and, you know, being able to see other natives and to see how all of this is impacting us, you know, it really opens my eyes. Cause honestly, I was kind of close to this stuff too, you know, cause you get so caught up in living your everyday life that you forget that there's still indigenous communities out there and we're being, we're being impacted by the Western world, you know, every day, you know, and these are things that we just need to be aware of, you know, like I said, like 
I hate using the word appropriations because it comes off so negatively and it's not the best way to make people receptive. I want people to learn how to appreciate cultures and how to honor them, you know? And um, I really want people to learn how to do things in a way that are not harmful to indigenous people. Talk to us, you know, try to reach out to your local tribes. You know, out here, there's the Paiutes, you know, and uh, I, you know, I guess, before, you know, before I end this, I want to give a sh shout out to the Paiutes. You know, they're the original land protectors of Las Vegas, of this area of Nevada, you know, and they, ex they expand across Nevada. You know, they're, you know, they're, I, when I was talking to, um, to Fawn, she's a, one of the owners here, she was, uh, she had shared with me that they're actually one of the largest um, tribes in Nevada. You know, I, I, I forget what, I don't know if she said they were the seventh, but you know, they're pretty large and like, mm -hmm. you know, we can't, and I feel like we can't forget these people. They're here. Yeah. They still exist. They're still practicing mm -hmm. their culture and they're still protecting the land. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. You know, and they're protecting the animals, you know, mm -hmm. like I'm sure, I don't know if, uh, if you've heard of uh, Save the Bighorn, have you heard of that? Uh-huh. Yeah. So like here in Nevada, they're bond, they, the Nellis Air Force Base, they use a big part of the desert for testing, right? So they test explosives and they're literally just dropping these bombs on the bighorn, you know? And these are things that we forget. Like there's animals out there that are being killed, you know, on a daily basis for, you know, the uh, whole idea of weapon, you know, weapons. And there's still natives who are trying to protect the bighorn. They're trying to protect the desert. You know, they're trying to, they're, I forget, I forget the name of the mountain, but there's a mountain out here and they're trying to get it recognized as a national monument because that's a sacred mountain to multiple tribes out here. Mm -hmm far beyond the Paiutes, it's actually multiple tribes out here see that mountain as something, you know, ceremonial, something that's rooted in their, you know, their whole idea of uh, spirituality. Yeah. And they're still protecting it. You yeah. Know? And, yeah. Yeah, yeah, man, it just, it hurts my heart, literally, like, just to hear these things. And, and it's interesting, too, right? Because with, um, these practices is all about compassion, right? It's teaching us to be compassionate to ourselves, to others, and to not forget our, 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 our home, earth, right? And so it feels like such a, um, just such, like such irony, right? That we're, we're, we're hurting, literally hurting the planet while we're trying to understand ourselves. And, and that's a conversation that, you know, I'm just so grateful that we do here with the love yourself foundation is to remember the planet to remember that sure your healing starts with you but it doesn't end there right like that that's just the beginning that is literally just the beginning so you can help your community and help earth um and i'm so grateful of the work that you and your wife are doing juan because these are such important conversations to have and to re to to realize uh, the programming that even goes on, right? And quote unquote, woke communities, you know? So time to get more woke and more aware <laughs> for real. Exactly, you know? And like, you know, something I really want to really emphasize is that I'm not trying to demonize anyone. Like I get that 
again, we're lacking, we're operating from a point of not being aware. And, you know, I really feel that, you know, one of the jobs that me and my wife have taken on um, is, you know, making people aware, you know, because uh, when we, couple, uh, probably like a month ago, we had our first talk at a, at a gathering. And, um, you know, I mean, th the first talk we had, it was, I'm lie, it was a little rough because again, it was the first time we actually had an open discussion about it. And um, it was actually in a sense, really good. Like we actually had a lot of people who were very receptive to it and they talked to us about it. I had people messaging me afterwards saying, you know, I didn't know, you know, that we, that we were doing something that was potentially harmful to the environment that were harming other, you know, that, that were harming indigenous peoples. And uh, this last one we just had over the weekend, it was the best one we've had. It was, uh, we had a talking circle and we really wanted to, um, we really wanted to, you know, take back, you know, take back indigenous practices in the sense of using that as a form of medicine to bring awareness. And so talking circles, that's a big, that's a big indigenous practice, practice that tribes have always done. They have always tried to talk amongst their community to, you know, find healthy ways to solve problems. And so, you know, we're just going to try our best to have more talking circles so we can bring more awareness so people can learn how to still practice their spirituality, but in a way where they're appreciating cultures, doing things sustainably, and protecting both the indigenous people and the planet, right? And that's really what it's all about. 100%. And I, I really love, that's going to stay with me about uh, just saying appreciating culture versus, um, yeah, just bringing the solution, right? And like you mm -hmm. said, and it's really meeting people where they're, where they're at and we're all growing, all doing our best, but it is important to get uncomfortable to realize, hey, exactly. we can do better, right? Um, and so before we get off, Juan, I wanted to, um, for folks that maybe are just like, maybe a lot of what we talked about today is like, or maybe not, you know, but for maybe people that are curious on how to start um, a spiritual practice, what would you say? Hmm. Um, all right. So first thing I would say is avoid gurus. You know, these days people want to, want to say that they're a guru, that they're this, they're that and the other. And I can't stress it enough. Like no one person is going to have all the answers for you. You know, if you really want to develop a better spiritual practice, I would say, you know, first, you know, ask yourself like, is like, okay, especially with like burning sage, for example, or burning a smudge, like ask yourself, why am I doing this? Why do I want to inc incorporate this into my, you know, my practice? You know, you know, why is this resonating with me? You know, really dive deep in your inner self and ask yourself, you know, why am I doing this? Or why do I need to explore this? And then I would say, just educate yourself, you know, like, honestly, we live in the world with Literally, we have endless information at our fingertips, you know, find out about the local tribes in your area, find out about, 
you know, what practice resonates with you and make sure you're honoring it and not, like I said, you're not doing anything that's harmful to communities or the, or the planet. Um, I would say, you know, just start off by asking yourself, you know, why, why is it that I want to do this? You know, meditate, 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 meditate. Yes. And I don't know, there's not really a, just not really a simple answer for that, but you know, I'm sure my, my jumble of words can <laughs> at least spark something and something in someone. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I love the points you brought up, especially the guru one, because there's a lot of folks out there, unfortunately, that are trying to um, take advantage of folks. And, and it's interesting. Like I, I remember, you know, when I was get, get becoming more spiritually aware you kind of, I went through this phase and I know a lot of folks did do too. You kind of go through this phase of like, you just think that everyone that classifies themselves as spiritual are automatically really good people. And that's not always the case. Right. And we're just remembering that we're still human, that even though we're all growing and we're all here to help one another. And we, some of us might know a little bit more than others. We're still human beings. And that's something exactly. so important to remember. We are human beings. People make mistakes. People make bad choices. You can't put others on pedestals. And, uh, you know, diving down this whole concept of spirituality, this is something I've grown to learn because I've seen other people idolize others for their, pra- for their spiritual practice. And they want to be just like those people. And they forget that those people are human, mm-hmm. you know? Just like I don't want anyone idolizing me because I'm a human. I, <laughs> I make mistakes mm-hmm. and I'm perfectly comfortable with saying that. Like mm-hmm. I do not idolize me, do not see me as a guru. All I am is a man who is just trying to understand his own indigenous identity, my own spirituality. You know, I'm trying to understand who I am in mm-hmm. this, you know, in this human experience. And I think that you just need to figure out who you are. Yeah. You know, look within yourself, look, dig deep, you know, like really dig deep, you know, take some time to really reflect. Yeah. And I yes. think that's, that's, that's a good starting point. hundred percent and staying humble, really. Like one of my, yes. one of my mentors and just amazing human beings, uh, Mr. Guard Jameson, I met him as he was my philosophy professor, Indian philosophy professor um, in college. And I will never forget just the humility of this man. Like he was my first professor that was up there pretty much saying that that it, it doesn't matter that folks that have like, yes, it's great that you if you get a doctorate, dope, but it doesn't mean that you're better than other people. And he was my first professor that ever said that. And it was just, it stayed with me. And it's like, this man is so accomplished in society's perspective, right? But this man does not forget that he's a human being just like you and me and to stay humble. Um, so because we're all going to pass away one day and that's that's the reality and we can't take our things with us. Right. All, all I, I hope for is to take this much wisdom in my heart as possible to and I believe in reincarnation. So for my future lives mm-hmm. to, to like benefit from this one and just doing the most good that I can to help others. And that's what we're all here to do. Right. Yeah. I'm really happy that you brought the whole be humble 
You know, that's something that uh, I feel like a lot of us forget. And I, I remember I was sitting in lodge one time and, uh, you know, the uh, person holding the lodge, he had said, be humble, you know, be humble. And that just, you know, it's just funny that you said that because it really resonated with me. I was just like, yeah, be humble. Yeah. I feel like a lot of a lot of us who get caught up in spirituality, we get a spiritual ego and we forget to be humble, mm-hmm. you know, because we think that we're above everyone else for whatever reason or that we know some, we know more than others. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, be humble, humble yourself. That's mm-hmm. such, that's, that's real. That's some good medicine right there. Be yeah. humble is real medicine. A hundred percent. And then, and something he's guard said that I remember when he did that whole spiel in class was that, you know, if you have a doctorate, sure. It means, you know, a lot about one thing, but doesn't, you don't know everything and you will never know everything. <laughs> it's true so true so um man yeah yeah. guard's a very wise man yes yeah uh i do want to give a couple more shout outs if you don't mind yes Um, definitely first want to shout out my wife uh zochiel uh she uh it's she she's an amazing artist amazing woman uh express enough I wouldn't be where I'm at without her, Aww. you know, and um, if you care to check her out, you can reach her on Instagram at Zochi Art, X-O-C-H-I-L Art. Um, and then I really wanted to actually give Val a shout out because so like, you know, I don't know why, <laughs> when Val was throwing her event, The Art of Healing, the when she, she is back, got back in Costa Rica, mm-hmm. I was a little, because I saw Indigenous Initiatives, and I was a little skeptical, because I was just like, oh, I don't know, it was just like someone trying to like exploit mm-hmm. the Indigenous communities, and so I actually approached Val, and I talked, I talked to her about it, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, I could tell that she was about it. She was trying to actually legitimately help indigenous communities. Well, not so much help, I should say support. Right. She was trying to support indigenous communities because uh, she had gone to like Costa Rica and she re- basically had realized that like, oh shit, we're fucking up the environment and we're fucking shit up for indigenous communities outside the United States as well. And um, she gave a talk, she gave a talk, uh, this uh, this weekend and she gave it talk the last time when we gave our our speech and uh she basically was trying to educate people on how uh, how and like honestly i'm also guilty of this like these, these are things that i didn't even think about but like some of the things we consume from a western perspective like things like pineapples things like bananas like those support corporations that actually go and damage indigenous communities out in Central and South America. And so I really did appreciate her sharing that insight and that knowledge because these are things now that I wanna integrate into my current life. <laughs> you know, that way I avoid giving money and support to corporations that are literally exploiting indigenous people. But she had shared that, um, that they literally will go and kill tribes. They will go and kill indigenous people in the, in the rainforest wow. to, build right to build farms like banana farms pineapple farms right because they grow in that area and uh and so just want to give her a shout out for sharing that knowledge yeah. because i feel like that kind of goes along with everything here but um but yeah no val val definitely shared some good information because it's like dang man and then also too it get, you know it gave me a lot it gave me a lot of hope you know that uh 
there's people who are looking out for indigenous communities because you know, as, as an indigenous man, it's definitely, I'm not gonna lie, like I get very skeptical of people like mm -hmm. reclaiming my indigenous identity and coming to, you know, like coming to terms with who I am and, yeah. you know, and all the exploitation that happens with indigenous communities. It's very reassuring to hear that there are people within these, uh, these uh, conscious communities that are actually trying to help indigenous people, yeah. you know, and that's what we need to see more of. And like, you know, me and my wife, we were, we, were, we did appreciate that she was, a uh, that she was going out of her way, especially with the talk she had. Cause yeah. you know, like I said, even I was guilty of doing things that were not beneficial for communities outside the United States. Yeah. And, you know, now I'm not gonna, I'm gonna try my best to not buy any bananas or pineapple and avoid that. Cause man, like, you know, money, money is a way to, uh, to really protest these corporations that are harming the environment yes. and harming people. Yeah, there's a great term for that. I remember, um, I think it's called, just cons is it consumer activism? Something like that. Just mm. like, it, it really, we can definitely be activists. There's so many layers to be activists, right? And one of them is that voting with our dollars. So, um, yeah, glad you brought that up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Again, shout out to Val because she brought that to my awareness. Yeah. I was like, wow, didn't even think about that. You know? Yeah, right. So, I, yeah. It just shows we're we're all learning, we're all trying, oh, yeah. we're all evolving and just trying to do better, right? All of us. And that's why we're all here. And the more that we can have conversations like that, the better it is for all of us. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and that's and brings me back to the whole thing of uh you don't need gross, don't idolize people because mm -hmm. you know, we make mistakes too. <laughs> Every, yeah, we're all, all we don't have all the answers. No. Yeah teachers we're yeah we're, we're all the thing is if you really think about the chain of like student teacher we're all students we're all teachers because we all have our own teachers they have their teacher and it's just you know it's like uh it's a nice cycle <laughs> yes. so yes. all right uh, all right Juan well I'm so this is really awesome thank you for doing this with me today and you know, for folks out there, hopefully this just inspires you to just research more, learn more, and hopefully we've been encouraging um, to, to help you on your path and remember and remind you that you are the the best mystic because it's, you are, you're going to, you are your best teacher ultimately. So, mm -hmm. Yes. And uh, again, my name is Juan. Uh, I actually go by Quetzal Vision. So if you would like to support me, Feel free to give me a follow, uh, Q U E T Z A L dot visions, and that's on Instagram. Got some cool art, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, also my art is very inspired by you know my spiritual practices, things like that. Mm -hmm. But you know, if you care to learn more about me, <laughs> yes, and you but, can if you come to our event or if you watch it um, on May twenty seventh, Juan will be uh, live painting. Uh, so you can catch him in action. <laughs> yes. But yeah. But yeah, thank you, for, thank you for having me. This is a really good one. I think this is probably one of my favorite podcasts I've been a part of. <laughs> yeah, same. Oh. So fun. Awesome. Yes. Well, thank you again. And I've learned so much. So appreciate you. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me. Yeah. All right, everyone. Well, thank you for 
for tuning in. And as always, please uh, leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. Till next time. Thank <laughs> you.